Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Howdy, folks. Happy Thursday. I'm glad I'm not Keith Hernandez, Rush. Uh, <laughs> I, read, I read too, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, we'll start off with some food takes on the pre-show. Go ahead. Uh, Peter, you go first. Well, so one of the things that's really cool, and I don't know if people are seeing this in other cities, and I I, 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 I heard it was elsewhere, but every, every year there's a thing in Winnipeg called La Burger Week, and it's a chance for restaurants to create a gourmet type burger have some fun with it and then compete and there's a vote on it and it actually happens across Canada. So Montreal, Toronto, Quebec, Saskatoon, Regina, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, and a few other regions in Quebec. So Quebec city and, and a few other regions in there. And basically you can choose your city and figure, find out where, who's participating and, and see the burgers. So in this case, um, you know, I did one the other day. I went to a place. What did I have? I had the, um, but it's amazing to look like there's, there's burgers with names called um, enemy of the steak. Um, there, I mean, some people have some great ones. Um, the, the big dill. Um, what's the, the golden boy, which is named after the golden boy on top of the Manitoba legislature. Then there's um, the nasty vegan mushroom cheddar melt. Um, <laughs> then the one I had, there's the, uh, the Winnipeg, Winnipeg Egger Hottie. There's a couple of the Blarney Burger, the Drunken Bison, um, Run Piggy Run. Oh, and the Mother Clucker. <laughs> the Mother Clucker. That's great. And, like oh, there's one actually apparently is really good called the Randy Savage. And then there's another one because there's such a huge Ukrainian population here um, called Obi-Wan Pierogi. <laughs> hey, I'm big on pierogies. I love them. I like, yeah, yeah, so am I. I like and you know, so there's a lot of there's a lot of fun things, and it's um and it's taking across taking place across Canada. But I, I encourage everyone if you are a burger guy, go to theburgerweek.com and look it up, and just see it, it and just look at the burgers because you go to all the different cities who's participating. Fun thing to do. It's almost gotten too big in Winnipeg because uh -huh. you couldn't possibly eat this many burgers in a week. They need to have like a half and half, like do it two right. weeks half the entrance here because it's it's insane but tons well, of fun and who doesn't love a good gourmet burger well i was going to say that, that there are there are gourmet burger places that have opened up in buffalo over the over the last few years um one down on allen street that i'm i'm just completely drawing a blank and i i would give them mention because their their burgers are really good but i i don't know like i mean i'm adventurous when it comes to eating i just don't know about peanut butter and jelly on a burger and that's like they, they do that they do like uh uh, like uh, onions that are soaked in like amagong beer and like the, the and different like yeah. I mean something like that's okay. I mean yeah, that's something like that's okay, but you know an egg egg and bacon on a on a burger. It's just yeah, you know, that's fine. I, I just like I mean I, I will try something if it sounds good, but some of the things are like I I don't know about peanut butter on a burger. Yeah, I don't know about that either. 
So yeah, it, it's pushing the limit, but there's some really cool ones. There's a kimchi ramen burger where it's like hardened rom cooked ramen noodles, like a like a um a bun is your bun. Oh okay. like, I mean, yeah. There's that's some all, that sounds things. like that's that only like, sounds like Kentucky Fried Chicken with the their problem with it, but the problem with that is it's gonna fall apart. Yeah, you, it's yeah. Bring a bib. It's like eating a lobster. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gonna fall right through. All right, so in this day and age, we're in the 21st century, and and a lot of people have gotten into cooking and food, and that's great. But with that, there are a lot of catastrophes, and it seems like everybody now seems like they think they can make pizza. And not everybody can make pizza. And, and we all know about this. No matter where you live, there's always like your top pizza place. Then if that one's too busy or they hang up the phone, there's your next one. And then there's your emergency one where it's like you don't really want to go there. But if you really have to have a pizza and the other ones aren't open or whatever, you'll do it. And then that's it. And that's most that, you know, people will just frequent the one place really that they like. Right. So there's a place in Trenton, which is about an hour from me. And they have a mustard corned beef and sauerkraut pizza and this is really just awful i watched the making of it it's a sicilian type you know it's in a square pan the sauce now look i like the barbecue chicken pizza that um i forget the name of the company that makes it but it's really good and they use a barbecue sauce as the sauce but the mustard is the sauce and the problem here is Ugh. even if you even if you love corned beef there is a limit to how much mustard could be on anything. And then you don't want corned beef and like white bread or just something doughy. There's a reason it's on like pumpernickel or rye bread right? because it helps cut it. Like this is just a conglomeration mess. I'll, if you click on the link, you'll just see it's like a pile of cheese. And then there's just this gunk under it. And I don't know why they're making it like. Trenton can certainly make good pizza. It's called Lions and Tigers and Squares. I, I, I see. I get the you know the adventure adventurousness of uh, of. Oh, this is in New York's Chelsea, so I guess there's two places that maybe make it. I don't know. Yeah, Just stop making it. I would outlaw it if I was if I was the governor. <laughs> Well, you would outlaw Hawaiian pizza. I would too. That would be the next one. But but what I like, you know, I, I don't get breakfast pizza. It, you know, it's, I think it's just a, a means of carrying the the you know the bacon, the eggs, and the cheese. But like there there are places that are, you know, more adventurous places in my area that I, I just don't get some of the combinations. It's like a like a pulled pork pizza, or I mean, it just it, honestly, it sounds gross. And I, I, you know, I mean, it's all, it's all to individual taste. If you like pulled pork, you might be willing to try a pulled pork pizza, but there are certain things where I, you just don't go down that road. See, you know what? Pizza is a funny thing. And, and, and look, I understand I'm not in a pizza Mecca like you guys are. And, <laughs> and Canadians, we take our pizza seriously, but we're not like you guys. Right. Like, I mean, I, I mean, it, this, it, it, it's serious, but I look at pizza in two ways. There's, there's this new agey kind of pizza that's different. And, you know, it's, you know, people are trying things like pulled pork and then there's pizza where they care about the dough, because uh -huh. if you care about the dough, right. you're not messing with things like tangy, weird pulled pork. You're being true to your elements of the ingredients because right. the dough plays a role in the whole flavor of the pizza. And that's where I have a problem because if you, and, and if bad dough, 
well, you can put the best toppings on a pizza, but yeah, bad well, dough kills a pizza. Yes. And, and, and thing is, it's like, I, it's, I'm not so inflexible that, you know, I, it has to be tomato sauce. No, because mm -hmm. I, I do like, like I say, the a Buffalo chicken pizza, which yeah. sauce is blue cheese. Okay, fine. But it, it's gotta be some, it's gotta be something cheesy. I mean, mustard is dis disgusting. And the so it's like to be a base, right? That's something yeah. that could really carry something. And white pizzas are great. And, and, and there is no sauce. It's a condiment. It's not meant to be eaten in bulk like that. Yeah, no. So, all right, let's get started before everybody gets upset or hungry. I don't care if they get upset, Mike. This is important. <laughs> Who knows? Hello, Hockey World. Today is Thursday, September 6th, 2018. Hi, I'm Peter Tessier in, in Winnipeg that had a frost warning this morning. Oh, God. I'm Russ Cohen in New Jersey, and it's 90 degrees here and 100 in the absolute sun. And I'm Michael Ogello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com, where it is a sweltering 80-plus degrees in Buffalo. Please, winter, come now. No, don't ask winter to come. No, yes, do yes. I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle, or at least fall. Give me, let leaves yeah, fall. Yeah, give me give fall. Sweater weather, that's a beautiful day. Uh, okay, uh, some breaking news just popped a few minutes ago. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets have extended team president John Davidson, general manager Yarmul Kekalainen, and assistant GM uh, Bill Zito. Uh, they've signed him to multi-year extensions. So this, and now, ironically, John Tortorella, their head coach, I believe his contract is up after uh, this season. And there has been talk about them extending him, but that didn't also happen. So I, I'm just mentioning that. But, uh, Russ, I think that this management team has done a pretty good job. Um, they took a risk on uh, uh, Dubois in the uh, 2016 draft, and I think he's turned out to be a pretty good player. They face a lot of challenges this year with Panarin and with Bobrovsky that we've talked about before. But I, 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 I can see why they would have extended all three. Yeah, absolutely. They they've done a good job. They they have a Stanley Cup potentially winning team. They got the best out of a coach in John Tortorella, who you know, short of winning a cup now, is at least under control and and doing a good job. They drafted so well. I mean, they really have. You know, maintaining and keeping players. Sure, that's a problem for a small market team, and they are a small market, but. Good fan base. They've done a good job with that. They've done a JD's done an exceptional job, I think, of like educating the public and getting out there and being vocal as far as you know interviews and pushing the Blue Jackets name and and Zito's done a good job with cat management and everything else. And you know, I I like what they've done. I mean, I I admit it. And it it was a little bumpy at the beginning, I think, for this management group. And and it's really the last two three years have been very good. Like any group, you know, it could turn bad overnight. Though that's the way the NHL is, and I would yeah. not an indictment of them. And and Peter, they face like I said, they face a challenge this upcoming this upcoming season with Panarin, an expiring contract, um, um, and the, you know the noises the noises made that he's probably uh, well he's not going to uh, talk contract uh, before uh, after the season begins. So that means he's on a path to either being traded at the deadline or them keeping him through and then letting him walk via unrestricted free agency and Bobrovsky as well. 
Uh, and they also have to get uh, uh, Zach Wierenski locked up on a long-term deal. So that may factor into the Panarin and Bobrovsky situation. So what, what do you think of this? Uh, you know, this one's sort of interesting. Like, you, you know, Columbus is stabilized. It has a little bit to do with torts. It has a little bit to do with a, with a few things, and particularly the roster in terms of what they managed to draft, what they managed to acquire, mm-hmm. and you know, and some performance things. You know, they they don't have any glaring issues. Maybe that Atkinson deal is looking a little iffy down the line, but there's nothing there that's you know a major headache for them. The one thing I think that's really important when you look at someone like Davidson is. He's such an excellent spokesperson. He's great in front of a microphone and a camera. If you need it, if you're in a market that requires that face of a franchise and stuff, you probably couldn't find a better guy for it because he's that kind of good and he has charisma and stuff. It's making sure that what's going on underneath him is also delivering to his message and what he's doing. And, and I don't think, I mean, if you're a Blue Jackets fan, you're probably a glass half full kind of guy right now. Yeah, I think you feel pretty optimistic about the team. So starting to make changes in management and stuff seems a little goofy. But again, all it takes, right, is one or two missteps and everyone can be out. But that's just the reality of sports. Like, this isn't a bad this isn't a bad deal. It's not affecting your cap. It's not hamstringing you to things. And they haven't done poorly. It's just they haven't really delivered in that nice playoff run yet but that could happen you know look the the eagles are playing tonight i think you could say the blue jackets are sort of like like the eagles were in the andy Reid era short of making the super bowl and you know they haven't gotten to the stanley cup but and certainly could have had more success in the playoffs but they're they're a perennial playoff team it's different in the nhl right like you're never going to get to the conference final every year the rangers had that little run of getting the conference finals and Tampa has, but it's it's few and far between mm-hmm. for the most part in this era. Pittsburgh even, you know, has done it pretty well. But what are we we're probably talking three or four teams in the last five to ten years that have done that that well. So they're in that next tier and, and they really have done a nice job. I mean, so it, it's again, you can't always put it on an organization like, well, you haven't won a cup. Well, you know, the Vancouver Canucks have still never won a cup. Yeah. Right. There are still those teams, and then there are other teams like, you know, the Canadians haven't won a cup since 93. I mean, so it's just – it's hard, right? So I, I don't ever use that as the as the hardened rule, but everything else is a pass for them. You know, when you go there to see a game, it's fun. The arena is great. Town is great. They have stuff around there to do. The players play at a high level. The coach coaches at a high level. When I cover the Blue Jackets – it's done really well. You know, Torts doesn't even blow up anymore, which is, you know, I wish he kind of did a little. But <laughs> yeah. the reporter in me does. But but I'm just saying, the, the, the guys are good. Like, it's a really good environment. And Yarmulke Kekalainen deserves a lot of praise here. He wouldn't take a lot of praise, though, because he is a guy that really is a hardened kind of winning kind of guy. He's a great guy. Like, if you talk to him, he'll talk to you for hours. But he's very competitive. And I know he really wants to win in the worst way. Yeah, and the contract that I point to in terms of them being sharp is is the Seth Jones deal because I think he's one of the top ten defensemen in the league, yeah. and and he's at five point four million dollars for another I believe three year four years another four years so yeah it's twenty four including this year. Yeah, so that's you know, now I, I have, Russ and I have both had problems with David Savard's contract and um, but you know the. 
they're you know they're really not other than that that Cam Atkinson deal. And the thing is, they spread that out to eight years to keep the cap hit under six million dollars. They've got a few contracts I'm a little you know hinky about, like like Dubinsky. But Wait, you, you know, like Sam hinky? Don't don't bring up no, that. No, no, no. Just you know what I mean. Um, but but you know, guys like Wenberg is uh, is locked up on a yeah. good good number. Very underrated player, Wenberg. Yeah, Feline. Yes, yeah, yeah, I know. Is. I know. Russ, you suggested that I draft him in a Stratomatic league, and that was a good pick. Um, but uh, yeah, so but I, and I think Dubois is coming along. Where I don't know whether he's going to be the number one center that you know is going to score seventy to seventy five points. But he's a big body. He's good defensively. He's adequate offensively. You know, he's going to be a guy who plays against the other team's number one center and can possibly shut him down. So that turned out to be a good pick. So I, I see positive things for Columbus, but I, I again, everything is colored with what's going on with Bobrovsky and what's going on with Panarin. And I think it will affect the direction of the franchise, but now at least they have some security when it comes to their management. Um, okay. Some things we left from yesterday's show, we wanted to get act to you know give his point of view because he had written something uh, about it uh, a couple days or yesterday, but uh, he was unable to join us today. Um, Slava Voyanov suffered a Achilles injury uh, in Russia, and now now we know that he is a free agent. Um, that he has expressed interest uh, to co- of coming over to the NHL. There was a, about a, two weeks ago, there was a little bit of a confusing uh, situation on social media where uh, Medvedev, the uh, KHL president, indicated that he, he had been given permission by the NHL to uh, to resume or to you know sign with the NHL team that there's a p- potential suspension still looming. Uh, whereas the NHL said a decision had not been made. So everything is sort of up in the air. And uh, this injury, which was an Achilles injury, is supposed to keep him out for a month. And X point of view is, is that NHL teams should move on. That, you know, I mean, and I understand the point of view in terms of what he did and, uh, in, and, and whether it should be disqualifying in terms of him getting a job in the NHL. We know it's going to be a PR nightmare wherever he goes if he signs with an NHL team. But I don't think that him getting hurt for a, and, and being out for a month is going to hurt his prospects about signing with an, with an NHL team. In fact, I think teams going through training camp and discovering what they have on their rosters, and if they think that they're shorthanded or they think that they need to upgrade on defense, if if, he, if it comes to the middle of October and he's healthy and ready to go, I think there's a chance he still gets signed by somebody. In fact, I think it, it increases it. Me too. I, I do. I think it increases it. Here, here's a couple things. Like, so he's out for a month. I see that Scott Campbell did a um, a poll on Twitter if Jets fans were going to be willing to trade for and sign Voinov. And 27% said yes. And that's a that's probably a higher number than a lot of people would think. But at least, you know, it gives you a barometer. Rob Blake in late August said no teams were asking about Voinov, but again, he wasn't reinstated. Right. And maybe he gets reinstated formally, Rob Blake's phone will be ringing off the hook. Yeah. And there'll probably be five to ten teams that want him. And that's just the reality. Am I happy he's hurt? No, I'm not happy he's hurt, but I'm happy that right now he's not going to at least be there for training camp and be a distraction for teams. Yeah. But there's going to be a day, whether it's the day before the season begins or a week after the season begins, where this breaks and we all have to deal with it. 
Yeah, and and Peter, the thing is, I mean, there are many examples in professional sports and other professional sports. Uh, the NFL, for example, with LaShawn McCoy in Buffalo, where you know there's accusations going on. There's a review of a situation uh, regarding a robbery that he may have been or may not have been involved in. We don't know. But we've had other situations um, where players uh, were involved in either domestic violence or some criminal activity. And after, you know, uh, Michael Vick with the, with the, the dogfighting situation, and he went to jail after they served their time. I mean, the, the, the only negative here, I mean, the, 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 well, not the only negative, but one of the biggest negatives is the PR nightmare that is created by the, the trade and signing. So, you know, it, it's sort of like a team advocating what he did. Of course, they're not advocating. They're, they're looking specifically at the player on the ice and not the deed that he did. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. that's true. And well, Peter, what do you, what yeah. do you think? I didn't know. No, 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 go ahead, Russ. You're, no, I, no, I, Peter, you could do it. I just didn't know, you know. No, no, go. You started. Just go ahead. I wonder yeah, what you I have just, to say. Cause... No, I mean, the only thing I would say is nobody's behind the act, but there's always going to be that, should we give him a second chance because we have an opportunity? And, of course, there's going to be that. Right. Here's – this is a really tricky thing because – I think there's in, in the court of public opinion, I think there's people who believe that the punishment has not fit the crime or that the punishment didn't necessarily happen for the crime in some regards, or it wasn't properly done. Due process wasn't done to get to the end result of how this would be handled in almost any other way. Right. So you have a division there. I think where the arguments come into this is, do does the NHL need to stay, make a line in the sand about what's acceptable behavior for its players to um, is, is to be to be able to play in this league? And I think that's what some of the desire is: is you need to say you do this, it's over. And I, that's the hard line thing. Right. And uh, where I, I where I think the problem is is that's not reality. Right. If you assault someone, whether it's a woman, a child, a senior, yeah, uh, another person, you do your time, you move on with your life. And you could go move on with your life in the same professional capacity in a different city. The problem is, is the league is one league. And I think that's where it's not, you're, you're not different. It's, it's the league and the league has a say. And or should have a say. And that's what people are getting stuck up on and, and hung up on and what they want. And, and, and that's a, unfortunately, that's a different kind of conversation than whether Voynov should be back or not. That's a, a, an internal one about with the league and what the owners want and their governors and what they want the league to say. And, and, and you we know, can I, all speculate based on history and actions about how you make your jokes, however you want them. But that's the discussion that needs to happen, not whether Voyanov is entitled to. He's entitled right. to go work. Where he should be allowed to work, that's a different conversation, right. one and, that needs and, to happen. And if the league wants to ban him for life or for what he did, they are free to do so. I, do, I also yeah. think, though, if they did that, that it would end up in court, and I think Voyanov would win. And this is where it doesn't fall yeah. on the league first. It falls on 
the United States of America first because we first heard that Voinov had everything reinstated because they applied for that. Right. Had that been turned down, the league, it would be a moot point, right? The league yeah. would correct. Anything. So it does make you wonder why somebody who had this history of domestic violence and also had to serve time can actually travel from Russia to the U.S. Like, as an example, I just, and I don't know if this is true, Peter, you can let me know. I saw a sign when I was driving through Buffalo last time that if you have a DWI, you may not be allowed in Canada anymore. Yeah, and, and, and likewise, going the other yeah. way. Correct. Um, if you have a criminal conviction against you, yeah, a felony, you may, it's a, it's a felony, a felony. A conviction against you, you may not be allowed to cross the border. I think, it's for, I think pardons, it's, for 10, it's for 10 years. I think it's yeah. A, yeah. There is a very good um, market in Canada for lawyers specializing in pardon applications and stuff and doing that yeah. for people so you can get across. Um, and, you know, whether it just be to, you know, go to a ball game for a day or whatever, you know, it, yeah. it's that simple or, or, or even you know anything so i mean you, there's law that plays the thing so potentially could voinov even get into canada if he was reinstated by the nhl well i i believe the charges were dismissed dismissed yeah. and it was it was it, i believe it was considered a misdemeanor so i don't think that it which is a misdemeanor a, but isn't that enough to no i, I it has to be a felony and I, I believe it has to be a felony so i don't two, two months in jail isn't that mean i mean isn't that enough to to sort of keep you out yeah i i, do, I don't know but i i believe i believe it's the, i believe the ability to go in and out of canada it was tied to it being a felony rather than a misdemeanor i think there, you know i don't know for sure i'm not a lawyer but i i think if it's yeah. a misdemeanor he can get in, into into canada and back out I, mean, I would just think i mean it would just make sense like i get the dwi thing but you can get a dwi and not be in jail if I, if I have a domestic thing where they broke it down to it was a corporal battery situation yeah. and he got two months in jail, you would right. think if someone got two months in jail, they would not be first in line to be able to cross the border. Right. It was. I mean, it was. It was plea bargain. I believe down to, down to a misdemeanor. Still, even plea bargain down. You still were in jail. Sure. Sure. I I agree. But but you know the thing is is that I think that, and we've said this before, some team is going to. And I, and I don't know which one, but some team is going to look at this as this is a guy who's a Stanley Cup winning defenseman who's under the age of 30, who's a right-hand shot, you know, not ignoring the off-ice component, but saying we're willing to take a chance here. And I, I'm sure that that team is going to get some negative feedback to as a, that's an understatement. But – they may consider it worth that to do it. So, you know, we'll see in a month. We'll see. And the thing is, it's, you know, this is, so it's going to keep them out probably till, you know, early to mid October, which means, you know, maybe a few weeks after that in, in the first week of November, when teams have an idea more of what they have on defense, they'll make, they'll make a, a judgment based on that. And then we may see uh, Voynov get, traded his rights get traded from the LA Kings and him getting signed by an NHL team but we'll well, here's, but we'll, well, here's an example like so Nate Schmidt's missing 20 games right yes. then he's going to have to have a conditioning assignment or at least work out with the team for a couple of weeks before he gets in the lineup so if we're talking 23 24 games into the schedule what, what month are we in 
You're talking. You're talking after American Thanksgiving. You're talking yeah. just first first week of December. So it, there's a possibility that they might be interested. Very possible. Um, and one one more thing on the uh, on that uh, sort of ugly side of of hockey. Uh, uh, Emily Kaplan of ESPN was reporting that Bill Daly, the deputy commissioner of the NHL, is uh, the 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 investigation into Austin Watson from the Nashville Predators is completed, and an announcement of discipline will be coming before the Predators own open up training camp next week. So, um, I, I would think that means there's probably going to be a suspension based on the investigation, unless they find that the the charges were baseless. But uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, we don't know for sure. Yeah, we don't know for sure, but it's just wanted to mention that as to yeah. go along with what we were talking about. Um, some minor news uh, with, with the Jets. Uh, one of the restricted free agents, uh, Eric Comrie, goalie. Uh, I would think he's their third string, uh, Peter, uh, behind. Yeah. yeah. So uh, one one year, two-way, $650,000 deal. Um, it's fair. It makes sense. It's it's fine. Like, I, mean, I think he's an asset. I mean, at the end of the day, Eric Comrie could definitely be a backup in the NHL and possibly a starter somewhere someday, maybe even a Seattle. So you might as well yeah. hold on to him in case, you know, that's a guy that you well, lose. In the they need another goalie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the basic thing. They need another goalie. Why wouldn't you find a deal with Comrie? Right. Unfortunately for Comrie, he's not had the last, his last two seasons, the HL have not been his strongest. Right. And he, he's got some work to do um, in terms of what his future is, is going to be kind of determined in the next two years is, is he going to be a career minor leaguer mm. or is he going to be a guy who is looked at as a viable backup and potentially a start. He's got his, his move in, in his career has to start happening now. Right. And, you know, hopefully he figures it out. I think at some point this year, he's going to be called upon. Um, that's just usually the way it goes, particularly if last year with the Jets is any history of, of, of how goaltending went, um, you know, any indication. So, you know, but yeah, they need to keep them in the fold. The Moose need a goaltender and as simple as that, that's, that's, it's, it's a fair deal and we move along. So I got some breaking up to go. Good. I have some fun breaking news. So, you know, the NHL is doing their media tour right now. They're in Chicago and Chris Peters, of ESPN, who we know well, um, just reported he Connor McDavid said they want McJesus. I'll give him McJesus. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! He's throwing down the gauntlet. That's well, pretty that's funny, funny though. I, I I appreciate the fact that he is aware that that's out there, and and he doesn't hide from it. Well, wasn't yeah. wasn't one of those uh, those very inventive hockey cards that were put out over the summer? Did it basically have a halo and long and long hair like like uh, yeah. like our Lord? I, I think it did. Um, that sort of leads into the, a comment that we uh, saw on on social media this morning from uh, TSN's Darren Brader, uh, quoting a uh, an NHL general manager from the Western Conference as if I um, he says. I, I will buy the, the manager said, I will buy you the best steak dinner out there. Uh, the best steak dinner there is if Austin Matthews signs for a dollar less than what Connor McDavid is making. Now that goes hand in hand, Russ, with what's going on right now. There, you know, the, it's a little over a week. Actually it's uh, 
training camp for the Maple Leafs opens next Thursday in Toronto, and William Nylander is not signed. We've talked about that uh, off and off and on over the last few weeks. Um, I don't see um, you know a, a big hubbub here. And now Kyle Dubas was interviewed by Bob McKenzie yesterday, and you know is. I think he's he's preaching and he's expressing patience like he has done all summer. And Nylander has indicated uh, at you know a couple instances over the summer that he wants a long-term deal. But there seems to be, and the only thing that it can be is a difference in how much money per on a, on a long-term deal. And again, if you look at the comparables for Nylander, you're talking anywhere between six million for Nikolai Ehlers and six point six six for uh, David Pasternak. Those players in the same draft year. Uh, I think Pasternak is a better goal scorer than Nealander. I think Ehlers is basically on par with what Nealander is. Uh, if he's asking for more than what Pasternak is getting, then you might have a holdout here or. What I think is the more logical option is I think you're going to get a bridge deal out of it because I don't think they want him to, you know, stay out weeks on end into training camp. No, you you might get a bridge deal, and that's fine. I mean, again, why do why in the world do I care, and why in the world do I need to make a declaration like this? Like, why do I care who makes more money? Again, this is the thing that I've always noticed since I was a little kid and I've been into sports. Sometimes, and I've seen teams do this, and Giancarlo Stanton is the best example that comes to mind. Even a team like Miami said, all right, look, in closed doors, they knew they weren't going to be able to keep Giancarlo Stanton, right? But to keep him short term, hey, let's make him the highest paid player in baseball. Okay. And they did. And then eventually the contract gets traded off. So what did that really do? So again, what if Matthews gets paid more than McDavid? And then at some point he's making so much money, they've got to trade him off. Like, if you're a fan, you shouldn't care. If you're a fan of the game, you shouldn't care. It really doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you shouldn't even be comparing the two because Matthews has years to go right. to be compared to McDavid. So, like, I don't even get any of this. Well, Peter, the, what, what I what I don't understand is, and, it, you know, I'm a member of the Toronto media, so, you know, I understand that, you know, there is angst amongst the fans regarding getting Neilander signed. They think that's that'll be an indicator of what's going to happen with Matthews and Marner. But the thing is, I, I look at it objectively, and I, I think Neilander is a fine player. He scored 60 points uh, two years in a row. Um, his, again, his numbers are close to what Ehlers uh, put up. Um, I think they're less than what Pasternak did. It, it seems to me that the reasonable – area is something in the in the neighborhood of six and a quarter to 6.5 million on a six or seven year deal um if and we don't know what his agent is looking for but in regards to matthews i mean he's better than jack eichel so that means more than 10 million he's better than anze kopitar i think he's a better scorer than him and he's yeah. much younger but i don't see how unless he scores 50 goals this year he's going to get even close to what McDavid is making. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, wow, this is such a tough one. Like, you know, you sit here and you, you, you sort of formalize your thought. So like, I'm, I'm just, just so I can go back and make sure I'm, I'm completely clear here. Right. Connor McDavid is about to make 12 and a half million AAV a year. Correct. 
you may want to pay Matthews the same as Connor McDavid. You may believe that your client deserves the same amount of money as Connor McDavid. Mm -hmm. And you may believe your client is deserving more than Jonathan Tavares at 11 million. Mm -hmm. But do you really believe it's fair to ask for what Connor McDavid is? Because you're essentially saying 11.5 puts him between Tavares and McDavid. And it keeps them above Eichel and above, above um, uh, Kopitar, yeah. right? And and, 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 above, and above Taves too. And above Taves. So there's some there that it makes sense, and others that it's like that's probably where it makes sense. It's just, I think the Leafs are going to say, try and say, we signed this other guy, so your guy can have just as much success as the other guy and he didn't go he could have probably taken more someplace else or, or whatever i i think they don't want to sign him for much because they know they're going to have to deal with this at some point like it'll be super yeah. interesting to see i wouldn't be surprised if he got an identical deal to Tavares. yeah that's that's what a lot of people were saying that they think that that matthews right now if a deal was struck it would be an eight-year version of the Tavares deal at, at 11 million per and maybe you know maybe matthews wants remember these guys want as short a long-term deal as possible because then it allows them to have mm. more years in their prime on a new deal that's why yeah. stamp goes Sorry, yeah. Stamkos, Dowdy, Tavares, uh, yeah. Taves, Kane, they all signed five-year deals out of entry level, which made them 26 or 27 yeah. years old when a new deal came up. Yeah, yeah, and maybe it's a six-year deal with a big, big signing bonus because the Leafs are one of the few teams that can really tap into the fact that they've got just a they've got a Brinks truck sitting outside the Scotiabank place full of cash to mm -hmm. say, oh, you want a forty million dollar signing bonus? I'm just throwing random numbers out. Sure, let's go, let's let's go into the Brinks truck and grab they, it. They gave Tavares seventy of seventy seven million as signing bonus. Yeah, I mean his 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 actual you know salary minus signing bonus for seven years. I believe it's a million dollars a year. Yeah, but it, he's exactly. getting yeah. So that's. Um, now, you know, so, you know, th th there's that thinking and, and maybe that's the way to do it. And it, it's just a matter of, and you know, when that gives them lockout protection, it gives this, it gives that yeah. it, it's, it's just a matter of how you put all those pieces together. I think the best thing that it, for the Leafs is that simply put, they've got one year of watching this dynamic unfold with Tavares in place right. and that gives you an idea of of sort of what you're going to get so if you know you're now like say you were thinking well we can probably get Matthews at 10 and a half and just a little bit above Eichel and blah 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 but now you can go and and and, and you know you see this and you say okay well yeah maybe we do have to go to 11.5 but this is what we're getting for 11.5 we're not guessing because we're doing them both at the same time, which is kind of, I mean, it's a blessing and a curse. You may, it may increase what you have to spend, but unlike what just happened in Winnipeg, you got a pretty good idea of what's going forward because of who the player is and there's no age decline coming. Yeah. Now, has there been any more of a feedback situation? And by the way, after we, 
finish this, we'll we'll take some questions in the chat. So put put your questions in there. Um, has there been any more feedback regarding the uh, the Wheeler contract? Um, at, you know, a day out or a couple days out after yeah. it's been signed. There's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of back and forth about this and and what you value. And I'm sort of going to put a piece together about this, sort of looking at the Wheeler deal in a different way. Um, you know, Tyler Dallas stirred up a bit of a hornet's nest in Winnipeg when he used a term on his article um, about Winnipeg Jets couldn't have bungled this deal anymore. And he has a lot of great factual evidence in there about how Wheeler, uh, his big bump and points came on the power play, the success of the power play, the fact that the Jets moved to a, a four forward 1D scenario, the fact that line A basically has now scored almost, he's in like the top five since 2011 of goals from above the circles. And he's been in the league two years. How many of that, What? how is that affecting Wheeler? And other things, he had a really great article as he, as he does. He's super thorough with his analysis and his research. And what it's done is it's made people come back to the question of, well, could Shifley be Shifley without Wheeler? Could Connor be Connor without Wheeler? And therefore that's worth this much money. And you had to sign him because if you didn't have him, and I think, and I was in a group chat with a bunch of Winnipeg media people last night. And what I was saying was, I think what a lot of people re are really hoping for at some point in time is that a GM is going to go and say, where we are with your age curve, the numbers you want, it's better for us to walk away. And I think that's what a lot of people are hoping for with this research that's coming out and the numbers and the data mm -hmm. is that there's a little, you can almost sort of feel it in the writing that I'm so sure I'm right about this and history suggests that I'm probably right. And I don't want to say I'm right, but here's the reasons why I might be right. But I'd sure wish a GM would try and listen to what I'm saying because I'm so confident in what I'm, I'm what, what I've written and what I believe and what I presented. And I think there's a little bit of that in there. And that's not a fault. I think it's just, and we know Della's background of where he's been and what he's done. And, you know, if there's one guy who I would bet on being closer to being right, he's one of them. You know, there's a few of them out there. And, and, and that's what's really stirred up the problem is because fans are emotional and they say, well, this is our captain. How could you let a captain go away? The there's no depth on the right side. Well, Veselinen can play right wing. Ehlers can actually play right wing. Ehlers played right wing all through junior. Jack Roslovich, when he's not playing center, guess what he plays? Right wing. Like it's not, it's just they're not Blake Wheeler. And so I think you get into the fear of losing the guy becomes the motivator to why you want to keep him. And, and that's what, that's what, that's the fallout. But I think there's a way to look at this in a bigger picture and, um, you know, whatever we'll see time will tell now, right? The deal's done. No sense crying about spilt milk. It's time to move forward and see what happens. Now, Ross, you have some news on the, the Seattle franchise. Yeah. So, uh, Bill Daly just came out and said though, even though officially on October 2nd, the new group will be formed, they won't be voting on it until like early December. Yeah. The so, the GM or board of governors meeting. Right. We're expecting it'll get approved at that point. And yesterday's proceedings had a lot of big shots being added to the list of uh, investors. So I'm sure it's going to happen. Now there's more on the Islanders news. Oh yeah. <laughs> so they just got approved for 
approximately 9.95 million. Well, not approximately. They got approved for 9.95 million in renovations originally. And I, I was going over with this with Mike offline yesterday. I think it was 8.5 that it was estimated. So it's, of course, it's gone over budget, but it was approved it. And 3.9 million of it is being paid by the Islanders ownership. So 6 million is, what are they calling it? I think they're calling it a grant, a state grant. And so. Which means yeah. it's tax money. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, basically they will get a tax break also for having the Coliseum. Now, the interesting thing is these renovations have to be done by September, not September, have to be done by December 1st, because that's when they play the first game with the Blue Jackets there to be NHL approved for the next three years until Belmont's built. So that, if, if Belmont's built. That aside, so we looked at that yesterday, Mike and I, and the interesting thing about Belmont is, while it all seems to be like a nice sealed, delivered deal, they still have to be ready for the 2021 season. They haven't even broken ground yet. They haven't even, from what I can tell, haven't gotten the environmental impact statements yet. But what Mike and I saw was Newsday did some coverage, and it was all out there on the web yesterday, that they're still talking about truck routes you know, like, hey, trucks can't drive on, like, the southern state, but they can drive on, like, the LIE and the northern state and how, you know, you have to have a truck area for these things. And the racetrack doesn't have that currently. And all these minute things, there's a list now, Peter, that they have to go through mm -hmm. just to sort of meet those sort of demands. The LIRR still hasn't decided. The railroad system hasn't decided if it's going to be, like, a all-year-round stop because it never has been. And so that's another issue. And so like, there's a lot of issues to see if they even get the shovels in the ground, you know, this spring to sort of get it going, but the Coliseum's going and it's going to be under 14,500 seats. So technically it doesn't meet NHL standards long-term, but Gary Bettman's approved it temporarily, but it still does make you think now that there's this other $1.5 billion hub deal going around Nassau Coliseum, you know, with, you know, shopping areas and all kinds of things. You know, back in the day, all that they did for Nassau Coliseum was they built a Marriott hotel and it was a nice hotel. And I hung out in there and I worked around the corner at Roosevelt Field and it's still there. It's a nice place. Now they're trying to do more, right? Because it's originally, Roosevelt Field was originally where Lindbergh landed. There's actually a Lindbergh museum there now. Where he took off, sorry. And and there's a Lindbergh Museum there and, and everything else, but there's still a lot of room to, to do renovations. And it's interesting because these things have always been talked about like my entire life, even, you know, potential railroad there stopping at Hempstead never happened. You know, you could take a bus there. If my dad wanted to drop us off there, he would never want to go in the Coliseum because it was one way in, one way out. It would take forever. So people would just literally drop you off on, on <laughs> Hempstead Turnpike. Yeah. Like here's how I'm saying, Turnpike, drop you off at the sign in front of the Coliseum. So you had to walk like, you know, five minutes after 10 minutes after a concert just to get out of there. So your parents could pick you up. Like it's just you hope that all this improves with the next place. But there's no real guarantee of that yet. All yeah, the guarantee, guarantee there is, is going to be a next place. Right. All the guarantee is, is that, yes, they will be playing at the Coliseum again. And yes, it's supposed to be temporary. I still have my doubts. Like I, you know, to me, temporary could always change if other things happen. So we're keeping an eye on it. 
Um, just a couple Eric Carlson notes here before we take your questions. Uh, Pierre Lebrun uh, was speaking with Jamie Ben at the uh, the NHL media gathering, and I believe it's in. You said it was in Chicago, Russ. Yeah. Um, they said, uh, you know, commenting about the summer trade rumors involving Dallas and Eric Carlson. It's obviously exciting to have your team mentioned with a player like that. It would have been exciting, or would be exciting to have Eric Carlson on our team, but. You kind of think it's not going to happen. We'll see. Darren Drager reported about 20 minutes ago that one team involved uh, made a pretty substantial six-piece offer for Eric Carlson weeks ago. A couple of roster players, a couple of prospects, and a couple picks, and the picks were conditional. Based on, I'm sorry, I missed. Drager was the one who reported it. Right, didn't, but we don't know what team. He didn't, didn't, say didn't mention the specific team, but just said it was a six-piece offer for Carlson, and the picks were conditional on him re-signing. Um, I still think this is going to get done. I don't know when. You, know, it, you would think that Ottawa would want to get it done before the season starts, even before training camp starts. But, I mean, I don't think they're going to be held hostage in terms of wanting that. You know, they're going to want to get what they're going to want to get. But No, but, you know, here's the thing. I mean, this is like, again, when you see something like that from Dreger, and it's not his fault, right? But when you start reading into the conditional stuff, it's like, all right, look, conditional stuff is like, you can't even count on that because the odds of him re-signing with any other team are like 10%. They really are. And so how many of those picks depended on that? We don't know. But my guess is if it's six pieces that we're talking about, at least two of them probably depended on that. So then you're talking about four pieces. And of those four pieces, <clears throat> I'm sure one's a first-round pick. Yeah. But then how many of them are roster players? Probably one or two. And then the rest are what's in the pipeline too. Okay. And, and so like, that's, that's a probably what you're going to get at this point. I don't think it's going to get any better. Yeah. All right. We'll take some questions here from the chat. Questions. All right. Let's see. I'm going back. Cause people were, were shocked that you said you weren't a lawyer earlier, Mike, just so you know. Yes. Well, with all these diplomas back here. Yeah. You would think. <laughs> but I have a hole in the ceiling. So. There you go. Well, you know, that I just hit. No place is perfect. My floor needs sanding. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm so far. There's no questions. I'm going through it. Those to give me a minute. Not even a cousin Eddie question about Sudbury. Yeah. So far, no. Still going through. Okay, yeah. Please don't do supposed trades on the in the chat room, Drew. Like ones that you know don't make sense, but you're just trying to stoke it. We're not. Yeah, I mean, well, that's that's. He, he says he's kidding, but it's like, yeah, we don't want to go there. No, not really. Because we, I saw some of that on Twitter last night, and I just sort of laugh at that. And it's like, why? There was one where it was talking. I, I think it was like Nylander for Carlson. Would you do it? on a one-year trade and it's like well you can't because Nylander's an rfa like they'd still have his rights right so, like it doesn't even make sense yeah and you know do not bring up do not bring up the word Nylander and the word trade in toronto because um all i know is that one network seems to continually go back to that well once too often and the other one doesn't yeah all right so here's here's one uh fast wants to know who do the leafs pick at 31st overall 
Uh, yes, that's that's oh. pretty bold of you, Fash. They won't be picking 31st. Uh, maybe they'll be picking something like 21, 22, 23. And does, that, think, does that does that mean they're trading for the first trading to get a first round pick from the eventual Stanley Cup champion? I mean, that, that's a th that's a thing. I that's, think they'll be picking a hockey player there, Mike. I'm just guessing. Well, I, and, that, and that's the thing. It's like the hype machine has really started percolating in earnest the last few days with the, you know, today, you know, Tavares and, and Matthews were both on the, uh, on the ice at the Leafs practice facility. And like I said, training camp is going to open next Thursday. And actually I'll be at the camp in Niagara Falls for all three days. And I, I get it. I mean, Leaf, Leaf fans should be excited, but do I think that they are, do I think they're a Stanley cup contender? Sure. Do I think they're going to win the Stanley cup? Not unless they improve their defense, and I will stick with that until I am blue in the face because this defense is not a Stanley Cup caliber defense. They're, you know, right now Ron Hainsey is on their first pairing. If he's on their third pairing, maybe they have a chance. If he's on their first pairing, no, I don't think so. All right, so a couple things. So actually, this question I, I'm going to entertain, but there's some real good ones here now. Um, but I'll entertain this one because it says Eagles or Falcons tonight. I'm going to tell you based on now, again, you can't it's, count. It's, it's in Atlanta, right? Oh, it's in Philly. Okay. It's in Philly. And, and if, if you guys want to see Bud Light made a uh, Nick Foles, Doug Peterson statue, and I put up a little script about that on my face, on my Twitter feed at Sportsology, if you want to check it out. But anyhow, so Eagles or Falcons, I don't put too much stock into uh, – into the preseason, but I have to say, they didn't score a touchdown in preseason. That will definitely change, but Nick Foles looks like a different guy. Like, I can't tell you, I can't put my finger on it. I am going to take the Falcons on this. You know, Matty Ice is from the area. I think he'll have an ax to grind. I think the uh, Super Bowl's in Atlanta this year, isn't it? Not sure. I'm not sure, but I think it might no, be. No. And where's the great cup, Peter? I don't even <laughs> <laughs> But at any rate, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with um, Falcons are gonna win 31-28. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to give predictions. It's up to you. I, I honestly I don't care. I, I I'm so I'm so I am so tuned out on the NFL this year. Uh, the the one thing and here's 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 a reason why. Um, numerous sites like ESPN, NFL.com, you know they have their power rankings for the top, you know, from number one to number thirty-two. In most of those lists, the Bills are listed 31st or 32nd. They expect them to be anywhere from four and 12 to six and 10. I, I think it's going to be closer to four and 12. They they yeah. suck. Their offensive line is terrible. You know, you still don't know what's going to happen with LaShawn McCoy being possibly suspended based on the stuff that happened off the field. Their quarterback, you know, their quarterback is famous for one thing: throwing five interceptions and a half. Um, their, their defense is not very good. Uh, you know, maybe they surprise people and win a few more games than is expected, but they're not a playoff team. And I'm just become disenchanted with the NFL. I'll watch games, but it's more to hang out with friends than it is to take any joy in the game because the, the game sucks. There are too many stoppages. There are too many people of, of questionable character playing in the game. It's just, it's not the game it used to be when I watched. Well, that's fair. Um, Mike, this is from Cousin Eddie Johnson, which the whole Johnson part now is really under under question. He says it's Cousin Eddie's fake last name. I don't know. Maybe he's in witness protection, and that's why he lives in Sudbury. That would make sense. But he wants to know how Ozaganov looks, so please let him know. Um, he's it, 
it's funny because somebody else asked me the same thing yesterday and it's like it's tough to really evaluate what a player looks like when all they're doing is playing scrimmages at half speed so yeah. i i'd have to wait until the first couple of days at camp to see how he matches up against other players all i know is he's big he's right-handed um, he's got a big shot, but the question with him is mobility and hockey IQ. I think at best he's going to end up being a seven, uh, maybe a, a six or seven on the, on the NHL roster. But because he signed an ELC, he can go down to the AHL, and I think that's where he's going to end up starting as American Hockey League. Okay. Pepsis uh, wants to know our bold predictions for this upcoming season. I'll give you mine. I, I think the Florida Panthers make the playoffs. I do, and I think they actually even have a Stanley Cup run in them. I don't know how far they'll get. Uh, you guys have any bold predictions? My bold prediction is the Edmonton Oilers will miss the playoffs. Okay. Pete? <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, everybody is, oh, it's McDavid. He's going to make the playoffs. No problem. No. My bold prediction is the Dallas Stars – finish in the top three in the um central okay okay that's which interesting means they, which means they have not they would not trade tyler sagan yeah okay um julian wants to know any news on why some of the boston players not going to china i i think because of rehab like it's like if you have a, a slight injury there's no reason to take like a, a million hour flight yeah. and then try and get better there when the travel is going to be so bad. And also, I go back to the game that the Kings played in England. I'm not sure if Quick wasn't on the trip or they just didn't play him. But if you remember, Bernier played yeah. as a rookie, and then they sent him to the you know to back to juniors after that. So teams don't want to risk too much in these games. Let's yeah, inter interesting uh, note on the uh... – uh, on David Krejci, apparently um, uh, he a column from Joe Haggerty where Krejci was not exactly pleased with the very public pursuit by the Bruins of John Tavares because he knew if Tavares would be signed that he would have been going out of town. Now, obviously, it didn't happen. He went to the Leafs, but it makes Krejci not exactly feel secure uh, that they, you know, he came within a hair's breadth of possibly getting being traded. Even though he's got a no trade clause, they would have found a way either to, you know, talk him into being traded, or if I don't know if there's a ten team limit or whatever. But you know, he expressed to Haggerty that he wasn't exactly pleased with the fact that the Bruins were so public in pursuing Tavares. Okay. Um, another question: How long will Carson Wentz be out? I will say week three is when he will uh, he will come back. Uh, we still have more. Let's see. Oh, that's it. Okay. Good, Joe. Good, good job. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast for Peter Tessier, for Russ Cohen. I'm Michael Agello. Thank you for watching. And remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.